Hello and welcome to The Dirt, in association with the DC Thompson Shop. This is the podcast that is really rooting for your garden every step of the way. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Sophie, Grow Your Own's content writer. On today's episode, we'll be discussing this year's growing successes and failures, dinosaur water, and just how stress relieving the outdoors can be. But first, we're chatting to ecological and regenerative gardener and grower, Poppy Akotcha. Hello, Poppy. How are you today? Hello, I am very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. brilliant. Lovely to have you on the podcast. <laughs> it's still pretty hot where we are. I'm not sure about where you are. No, well, thank you for having me. It's actually dropped in temperature. It started yesterday. Had a little bit of rain, but this morning woke up to the wonderful sound of rain on the window and it's still raining now. So, Oh, oh. would you mind sending some our way, please? <laughs> please. <laughs> the garden is desperate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll ask it to stop by you. So just before we dive in, um, for any listeners who um, might not be aware of what you do, would you be able to just give us a little bit of background of who you are and what you do? Yeah, uh, so my name is Poppy Okocha. Um I am an ecological home grower and I share information about sustainable growing on social media. I speak at events about it as well. Um, and my work really kind of centres around not just what carrot variety is best but why growing is good for people and can be really inspiring and a great kind of fertile ground for dreaming up climate solutions Mm, lovely and I think that sort of thing's only gonna become more important as well I mean it already is becoming more important as time goes on isn't it and I think it's um definitely something that more and more people are becoming aware of and taking notice of Totally. I mean, growing is just so powerful because there's so much science now coming out demonstrating why it's so good for us. Like there's a reason we all love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a great way of connecting with other people and it's a great way of connecting with place and land, which is so important. Mm Absolutely. Yeah, and definitely. this connection with nature, obviously we've mentioned a lot on the podcast before, is brilliant for the mind, the body, um, the soul, just everything. It's it's such a great way of de-stressing, um, connecting to sort of our roots really, isn't it? It's um, very much that kind of experience. Totally, yeah. And so bringing you on to um, your time gardening so far, we like to start everybody off gently with the nice question. <laughs> so um, would you be able to tell us about any of your particular gardening successes yeah so I think that this year the biggest gardening success was putting in a pond um so I've already got one pond because of course they're so great for biodiversity and when you're like trying to do ecological growing a really important part of that is to encourage lots of diverse predators Mm, (laughs) to come and munch on the pests so in my garden I already have a couple of chickens so they're the kind of like baby slug brigade (laughs) Um, (laughs) but then I've yeah I put one pond in and it was doing well but then I put another pond in the far other side of the garden and the next day there was a frog living in it and he's not left the pond since wow that was a success I think that was (laughs) Yeah. yeah big success and then there was um uh all sorts of yeah different creatures kind of like turning up at the pond within days um and I think it just shows how how powerful these little spaces little sort of islands of respite for wildlife can be and when we kind of think about our gardens on mass how much space they cover um is 
quite incredible really and so when we all do these little things they become like a bit of a kind of patchwork quilt or a mm. puzzle of mm. of safety for wildlife and biodiversity so yeah putting in a pond was definitely this year's great gardening success and it's only really small it's yeah. um like an old shower tray that I picked up on Facebook marketplace oh, brilliant! and then I like popped some like paste stuff that my partner had in his shed <laughs> in the um in the drainage hole and then filled it with water put a couple of bricks in and some pond plants which I can't remember which ones I put in definitely some uh water forget-me-not and wild um water mint oh. and that was it and it's just thriving didn't even dig it into the ground oh amazing yeah, I think yeah. that's really great to hear because I think probably a lot of people would love the idea of adding a pond but feel like perhaps they don't have the space or they don't have the knowledge of how to how to create a pond but would you say that it's something that you think anybody should have a go at because as you say you can do them with relatively small containers can't you yeah definitely I mean I've got a small garden well I think it's a big garden but I'm told it's small (laughs) it's um, about 30 meters long and five wide sometimes six so it's a bit of a kind of corridor um so I haven't got tons and tons and tons of room but I have got two small ponds at either side of the garden and I think it makes a huge difference and even if you don't have room for an actual kind of pond you can just have little bowls of water around it's really great for bees Mm. they need to drink as well um so there's there's so many options I think it's just one of those things where it doesn't have to be perfect to be effective. Yeah. Um, if we all just do what we can with what we have, that's great. Yeah, completely. Absolutely. And I think as well, it's great as well that you say that you saw the creatures arriving relatively quickly because I think yeah. there's not there's <laughs> not a lot in the garden that's a very quick win. And I think the fact that you can put these these things in place for wildlife and they really do appreciate it very quickly after you've yeah. done it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I mean, also, you know, even if it does take a bit longer for creatures to turn up, because with the first pond, it did take a few months. Mm. Um, Just the like joy of having water in the garden. I'm not really sure why, but there's something really calming and peaceful about it. So Mm -hmm. even if it's not wildlife having a quick win, I think we get a quick win as well. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And I think another gardening success has been the space that I'm in, being able to design it in a way that was really sensitive to how it was before I arrived. So when I arrived here two years ago, it was really wild and Mm. full of wildlife. No one had really gardened in it, I don't think, for a good, like, maybe three or four years. Mm. So it did have some established established, um, perennials and sort of signs of care, but it had really kind of, I guess, rewilded in a way. Yeah. And so I was really wanting to try and preserve as much of that biodiversity and respect the space in Mm. how I was designing. So rather than kind of like digging everything out and starting from scratch, I really spent a lot of time kind of watching the space and figuring out how we used it and how we could use it in a way that was really efficient and respectful. Mm. So in the end, the area where the annual veg beds is where there was like a patch of brambles that didn't seem to have as much wildlife in Mm -hmm. um and there was also some sacks of like garden waste and stuff Mm -hmm. and that seemed like a good place to put the annual veg beds rather than like further on the garden where there was a lot of gorgeous um perennials which were just humming with life always so Yeah. yeah I think that was a gardening success 
being able to kind of take the time to design sensitively and really think about the other life that was in the garden before me. Yeah and I think what's really lovely about that as well is it really links into the whole idea that we are custodians of these spaces we don't own them or we're just caring for them in the meantime aren't we and I think that's so nice to respect the past of the garden as well yeah yeah I kind of think of myself sometimes as a bit of a garden assistant (laughs) yeah (laughs) I like to kind of like allow the garden to do what the garden wants to do and I kind of assist and guide rather than just sort of flatten and 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 start from scratch I think that the way I grow well I know the way I grow is very rooted in trying to let go of some control and trying to learn from healthy living ecosystems rather than a my way or the highway approach yeah I I think that's something that definitely we should all be doing more of I think that's really brilliant I think it's a more relaxing way of growing as well yeah (laughs) definitely Definitely. not being stressed out by every little every little thing yeah 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 Yeah, exactly and see the beauty in it yeah I love a bit of wildness love it (laughs) now um obviously we go from successes to failures all the time gardening Mm -hmm. um things go right things go wrong on the flip side of things um what would you say has been your kind of clumsiest mistake you've made things that haven't gone quite so well um that you've really learned from yeah um I was trying to think which one to choose (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. so much goes wrong and I think part of the beauty of growing at home scale is that things can grow go wrong and you really learn this like resilience to it which I think in other parts of life like there's a necessity for a bit more like perfection and stuff needs to go the way you plan it to go um but in the garden there's so much room for just like going with the flow I suppose and listening to the space and adjusting accordingly and all that so there's so much that's gone wrong but I think (laughs) the biggest failure um this year was probably that I moved um uh, a rose um a really big well-established rose Mm. that was in the garden before I came here but it was growing um, over the vegetable beds and I thought this rose would be really great climbing up the fence rather than like lopping over the veg patch and blocking out the sunlight mm. so in the winter I dug her up and I moved her <laughs> and in spring she didn't wake up again so oh, that was really really sad um, and and I spent ages getting really like thorny spikes all over me while I was like trying to attach her to the fence yeah um and yeah, it was all for nothing. And the poor oh. lady just perished. Oh, that is no. so disappointing though, isn't it? Because I think the plants that you've had in your garden for a long time, as cheesy as this might sound, they do end up feeling a bit like old friends in some way, yeah, don't they? Absolutely. And then it's always always a disappointment when stuff like that doesn't go quite to plan. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've actually only been in this garden for two years. So that rose bush had been there for a very long time and I think mm. that was also part of me that I was kind of umming and ahhing with moving her because I was like well you know she's been here for way longer than I'll ever be here probably and um and then to move the plant and for the plant to die it just felt a bit like oh god I've done exactly what I don't like to do which is Aww. interfere in a way that is not positive and beneficial because I spent so much time in the year the first year kind of like watching the space and trying to 
um, design a garden that was sensitive to the plants mm. that were already there and the creatures that were already there and how the different elements um, exist in the space, like, you know, wind and sunlight and frosts mm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely like, oh, no, <laughs> kind of moment. Yeah. But, you know, we live and learn. Well, yeah. exactly. That's it. And and I think the empathy that you feel for the rose is lovely in itself. Yeah. You know, it shows just yeah. how how much you care about your garden and everything that was already in it and what will be in it. So, and I think, yeah, we learn from these things. Yeah, and also the thing that we always say on here is there's always, for everything that goes wrong, there's always something else to plant, something else to try, something, yeah. you know, there's um, gardening allows you to, make mistakes and then try again doesn't it which is one of the really great things I mean I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned from gardening really is that I think that in our modern western world we really think about like time is like so linear like Mm. a beginning and an end Mm -hmm. but when you're engaging with a garden a living space it's not as circular like things die they go on the compost and more life like space for more life is created and I think that um that's like a really wonderful thing about engaging with the living world yeah that kind of like light bulb moment of oh the end isn't really the end it's just a sort of semi-end with yeah. potential for beginnings yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and um, mentioning time in the garden that actually brings us on to our next question that I think sometimes something that can put people off of gardening is if they feel like they haven't got time to put into it if they haven't got whole days in the garden so we always like to ask our guests for any cheeky little hacks or quick wins or anything that can show people that actually you don't need to be full time in the garden you can do some cheeky little clever swerves and (laughs) and make time for it yeah well I think um the first thing to say on that is that for me the best way of growing is with other people Mm. because when you do it like that you can like lean on each other I am part of a growing group um where we go to a plot of land once a week there's about seven of us sometimes ten um and we all grow our veg box together on this like big bit of land oh wow um and oftentimes we can't be there because of work commitments or family or whatever it is, but we always know that there'll be someone else who'll be able to go and water the plants and do the weeding or whatever. And there's something really like different about growing when you're doing it in collaboration with others than when you do it on your own. Cause you know, if you are time poor, then that's okay. And you can like lean on each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's been a really wonderful experience, but if you don't have the opportunity to like plug into a community growing group, then um, one thing that I really like doing is um, if I haven't sown enough tomato plants or if some of them have not made it, (laughs) (laughs) um, I will uh, take cuttings and root the cuttings um, and then that way I can kind of increase the plants that I have available. It's also a really nice way to like have spare plants to give away to loved ones. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. And it's so satisfying as well, isn't it? I always think there's really something about rooting a cutting that you (laughs) feel really like, yeah. That's (laughs) such a satisfying thing to do. Definitely. I feel like it's just it's it does really feel like cheating. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) I can just do this and like nothing else. Such a shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. Well I know I've definitely said this on the podcast before, but because I'm really, really lazy at pinching out my side shoots, I often Mm -hmm. think that that ends up being where I get the spare plants from when I suddenly look at them and think, wow, there's two whole tomato plants growing in one there. Let's just 
rip that off and yes. read it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then something else I really want to try is because tomato plants are actually perennials in other climates. So mm. I'd really like to try trying to overwinter one one year and see yeah. if that could be a good cheaty hack because then I won't have to sow the tomato seeds in spring because that kind of like springtime frenzy of seed sowing yeah (laughs) anything that I can do to like reduce that is welcome yeah that would be so interesting and I reckon you'd get get the fruit earlier as well wouldn't you probably yeah I think so I don't know whether they like decline in their productivity as time goes on or I don't know but it's quite fascinating oh well, if you if you try it, let us know how you get yeah. on because that <laughs> yeah, would be will, very I interested will. to hear. Start a new tomato craze, yeah. overwintering tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, obviously, there's so many things we learn when we do garden. Um, you know, we learn from every mistake, every success. Um, but if you learned kind of one main lesson throughout your time of growing, uh, what would you pass on to our listeners? I think I'd say to be open to failure I feel like that's kind of been the theme of what we've been talking about <laughs> no we love it yeah I think when you first start growing they you know you feel that you need to know it all and be able to do it right before you get stuck in mm. but I think that it's a skill that is best learned through experience and like practical doing rather than book knowledge yeah, yeah. so I think just get stuck in and be open to not getting it right and just remembering that not getting it right is the best time for learning and when we get it right um there's maybe less to learn mm. but yeah I think that's the the main thing not being kind of worried to experiment before I know everything definitely and I also think it ties into the fact that um all gardeners do things in slightly different ways there's no such thing as yeah. a correct way of doing things if it works for you and I think that's also how how you find that out isn't it by experimenting trying things you might try if you have an allotment neighbor who says they always do this thing with their french beans and they're perfect and it doesn't work for you try something else find find your own way of doing it and it's yeah, yeah. totally and then I think that the other thing that I've learned from growing is so much about um, sustainability mm-hmm. because prior to getting to growing I was really curious about how I could kind of play my role in dealing with the climate emergency Mm -hmm. and understanding uh food and how it's produced and how we can reduce the carbon footprint of food by engaging and growing some of our own was really exciting alongside learning about how you can design a space sustainably and that kind of way of thinking or being has really trickled into my day-to-day life so that's another thing that I've learned from growing is how to think circularly yeah. rather yeah. than in this kind of like um cradle to grave type way mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. absolutely well thank you very much for chatting with us today it's been really great to have you on lovely to have um, you so what what's next for you what's uh what's next on the horticultural horizon <laughs> um well like I said I'm really loving getting stuck in with this like community growing project which is called grow share so yeah that is like the most exciting bit at the moment but the other really exciting bit is that I've got an online course coming out in September oh lovely um, and that is all about ecological growing on a home scale um there's a little bit on like preserving produce as well so that's really fun 
Um, yeah, and then also this is gonna next year's gonna be my third year in the garden, and that feels like I've kind of got into a bit of a rhythm with the space, and that's mm. really nice to look forward to as well. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, that's great, and all all very exciting stuff. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So just before we before we let you go, where can um people find you online? Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram, which is at poppyococha. Um, and then I also have a website, which is also my name, Poppy Okocha. <laughs> um, and that is about it. Lovely. That's great. Well, um, yeah, thanks very much. And we'll let you get back to the garden now. Um, but it's been great chatting with you. It's been lovely to have you. Thank you, Poppy. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. DC Thompson Shop has a wide range of garden plants, accessories and gifts. Save up to 50% with many collections. For a garden that takes care of itself with effortless, low maintenance plants, the shop has lots of popular bulbs, bedding plants and ground cover perennials too. For real garden enthusiasts, there is a choice of more unusual varieties. However green your fingers, there is something for everyone. Visit dcthompsonshop.co.uk and place your order today. Hello everybody, how are you doing? Yeah, good, Hi. thanks. Good. Yeah, feeling good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, just shocked about it being the end of the series. Yeah. Already. It's gone quickly, hasn't it? Time does fly when you're having fun. Yeah, it does. It and does. had some lovely guests on as well, like yeah. really nice and chatty. And it's been really good fun. Yeah. 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 We've been very lucky with our selection. That has always. Lots of inspiring moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just to sum up for the end of series eight, I thought maybe today we can just talk about how our own gardens have developed over this series. Any particular standout moments for you? Have both of you got any recent garden comment? Well, I hate to start on a downer, but, you know, it is what it is. I was a little bit disappointed with the quality of my compost that I'd purchased recently. I won't mention any names of brands, (laughs) but um, just really smelly. I'm sure that's got like fly eggs in it. It just was not good quality at all. And I had to end up like buying a different brand that I had used before and it was it was fine. But such as a shame when you like invest in a different yeah. product thinking it's going to be better and then yeah. it isn't quite what I had planned. Oh, and smelly is not good. No, not when I'm growing on a kitchen windowsill. Oh dear, no. <laughs> I could smell it. You can imagine what it smelled like. And I thought, oh, perhaps if I leave the kitchen window open, it will just air out and then within 24 hours it will go. No. And I had people round the next day and I was like, I'm really sorry that my kitchen smells of poo. It's not, it's not me. It's the compost. It's the compost. But also, you don't want fly eggs in there because then the flies will hatch and be flying around your kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. So I was getting more and more paranoid about it. And then a couple of days later, I just bit the bullet and just bought a whole new bag. I'm not going to waste this compost. It will probably go into my garden because um, we we have a massive hole in the middle of our garden at the moment because we're putting pipes and stuff in so it'll probably just go into there well I mean um, it's still useful it is still mm-hmm. being used but you know just a shame that I couldn't use it for my chilies because that was you know but focus. I suppose that's the thing with any new stuff like sometimes you absolutely hit the jackpot and find mm. something amazing that you think you're going to be loyal to forever and yeah. then sometimes it's 
I mean, have you had any really good finds this series season? I feel like, Sophie, you've had quite a few like varieties that have worked well for you. Oh, yes. I have grown many things. <laughs> Probably too many things because <laughs> I had lo- lots of points throughout the season. I've had lots of gluts of things mm. like many beetroot that I haven't been able to use in time all the time. So I've been trying to give them away to my grandparents <laughs> oh. and, you know. Um, but yeah, I... I've actually got some tomatoes which are ripening at the moment. Mm. Um, so I've got sun gold and tumbling toms. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And I've already had a couple of sun golds, which are so sweet, really nice. Um, and I haven't tried the tumbling toms yet, but I've got my first red one that's just, it's exciting. Just, I think it's just about ready, but I haven't tried it yet. It will never not be exciting though, will it? Oh, no. no. There's, a, there's a lady that um, I used to work with and I saw that she put on her Instagram stories that literally this morning, the first red tomato of the year. And oh. she was so happy and it was a gorgeous tomato. I give her that. But yeah. you know, yeah. there was me admiring her tomato. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what? I would actually say that my winner of the year is a tomato as well. Um, it's called Orange Queen. And it's quite a big orange one. So you don't get tons on the plant. But oh my goodness, they're really like fleshy and delicious. Mm. And every time one ripens, I'm just like, right, straight away (laughs) in the kitchen. Slice for me, slice for the dinner, slice for me, slice for the dinner. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if your cat's like a slice of tomato, but I have to share tomatoes with my dog. She absolutely loves them. And so, you know, it's a little bit heartbreaking. She's so cute. That probably doesn't (laughs) feel like a hardship. Well, yeah. But then when you've grown them yourself, you're kind of like, I have shared a homegrown strawberry or two with her this year, though, actually. So, It's good. I mean, polite (laughs) that she you know requests this rather than just takes them herself off the plant <laughs> yeah we we have to take them from the plant when she's not looking because we're convinced that once she realizes that you can just pull them off and eat them it's like a free buffet for her and then she'll just go for it so you know oh, yeah. sweet well, girl i'm sure she appreciates the homegrown flavor hopefully yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it um yeah and another massive success for me this year, which I will definitely be growing again next year, are my peas. Aww. Oh, yeah. The peas were just delicious. They were really popular with my family as well. And I grew her screen shaft and meteor. Oh, nice. so and both were absolutely delicious. So would you would you grow the same varieties or would you try different ones next year? I would. Definitely grow her screen shaft again because honestly, the flavour, you just, I've never tasted such a tasty pea in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Meteor were lovely too, but I think I would try a different one alongside yeah. or instead of Meteor, even Fair though enough. I love those hmm. two. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm hoping next year to get um, a few more sort of um, hanging baskets and like stacked planters and stuff outside this year's just been a bit all over the place with the garden so I've had to just grow on windowsills and things um but yeah definitely more strawberries because I love a strawberry Mm. and berries are so expensive in the supermarket as well like you can save yourself quite a bit of money if you grow those sorts of fruits can't Mm -hmm. you so makes a lot of sense to do that yeah definitely I mean I I've never had more raspberries than this year oh wow had like a good I mean this doesn't sound like loads but bear in mind I grow in my back garden not like on an allotment a good handful every morning for a while which goes nicely in your breakfast yeah no strawberries though well a couple of strawberries because my plants are definitely coming towards the end of their natural life so (laughs) (laughs) there will be some of those rooted runners going in next year (laughs) 
but yeah well I, I've grown strawberries for the first time this year um but I did buy the plants um I was quite late I was too late to kind of start them earlier in the season yeah yeah so I, I did buy the plants I think they are quite commonly grown yeah as plants, aren't yeah. They? yeah this is it and I, and I thought and the, honestly the amount of runners they've set, sent out it's just literally I cleared my um bed the other day and they were just everywhere, like like reaching out over everything, and I was like, "You don't belong there. You don't belong there." <laughs> like, trying to snip them off, um, but yeah, they're really, really tasty. I've got one variety called I think Elan, mm. and it's oh, it's really lovely. Mm. They're all lovely. Yeah, love the berries. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, pooey compost aside, <laughs> you had um, quite a few. Spoiled chili plants this year. I did. I I honestly, I don't know what I did wrong. Oh, I meant spoiled as in you were looking after them really well. Oh, no. I mean, they were spoiled. (laughs) You know, we ask our guests about their gardening mistakes. Apparently, I made a mistake, but I do think the trouble is I went on holiday and I didn't water them for a while, which is normally fine when chilies are concerned, but it just got to the point where they were just so parched that it felt like no matter how much water I gave them, they just were not cooperating and then I should have probably potted them onto a bigger a bigger pot in hindsight but because my windowsill is quite narrow Mm. I didn't want to like have a disaster and like you know compost all over the floor (laughs) because when I tipped over so yeah I was trying to make them compromise and I just don't think they compromised as much as I hoped that they would. (laughs) You must be very excited at the prospect of more of the gardening being in your garden next year though. Yeah Mm. I am I mean there's a lot of renovation that still needs to be done to it. We need a whole new patio. We need to level the grass out. There's, there's a lot that needs to still be done. So I'm still having to sort of make do with planters mm. and things. But we get so much sun in my garden. I think it'll be perfect for some strawberries and a few oh. other bits and bobs. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And maybe I'll be able to use the pooey compost if it's outside. <laughs> I just don't know how you will feel eating things that came out of the pooey. Although I suppose we put manure on our garden. Yeah, don't we? true. That is quite literally that. Yeah, and like soil is just a lot of like worm poo as well. <laughs> when you really think about it, the dirt is quite literally very dirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this episode. I think my favourite um, fact of like natural substances. Is the one about water that every single drop of water has been here before? Like you drink water that's mm. probably been in a dinosaur. I read that. Oh once. my god! Was mind blown. Yes. <laughs> like you could have a sip from your bottle right now, and you might be drinking dinosaur water. You might be. T- you might be drinking fragments of dinosaur because there's like little particles in the water, though, as well, isn't oh, there? Like you don't think goodness. about these things. I mean, we're going down an avenue here, but you know, it's true. Do you think it has an impact on, like, when you have a particularly monstrous courgette, do you think it's like, oh, that one had some dinosaur water? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one's, like, very, very small part T-Rex or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they're so productive. Yeah. (laughs) Um, On the subject of good things in the garden, I mean, and nothing's as good as a dinosaur in the garden, but, like... um, I would like to offer credit this summer to, and I know we've talked about it before, but the well-being benefits of gardening. Mm. Because the other day, it had been a day, you know, <laughs> as it sometimes is. Yeah. And went out in the garden, had my audio book in, 
which I know I should be listening to just nature sounds instead, but there's also a road outside. So, yeah, you know, um, had my audio book in, got really stuck into tying up some of my insane tomato plants and doing a little bit of hand weeding and a little bit of clearing and a little bit of harvesting. Mm. Wild away some hours, mm. went inside and felt a thousand times better so satisfied so like all the stress had been worked out and just being in around nature and the plants and the loveliness and then you go in and you think well I feel like I've done something yeah and oh yeah I thought this is this is as good a reason as any yeah yeah. I definitely although I don't have anything like say growing in my back garden at the moment um a couple of weeks ago when I had COVID and I was obviously isolating and it was like in the really, really strong heat wave, I felt so cooped up in that house and so fed up. And then one morning I got up super early and I got my little um, camping chair out because again, we don't have tables and chairs at that at the moment <laughs> because it's literally all a mess. And I just sat in the middle of the garden I had my little Sudoku puzzle and a cup of tea and I just sat out there. It was quite, no one was up. It was quite, it was cool. Mm, And I just sat there and I thought, oh, just to be outside and like watch a little bumblebee like come Mm. past and just, oh, it was beautiful. And that really helped my mindset because I felt really sort of cramped and yeah, stuffed up in that house. Yeah, it does. It definitely pays to get out and appreciate what's just outside. Yeah, only like say a few steps away and obviously very lucky to say that I have a garden to be able to do that if I had had COVID and couldn't then you know that would have been a lot harder so but it's good to appreciate what you have you know in in those moments definitely are you talking about the bees as well that was another little thing that um we've got a couple of um quite unruly lavender bushes in our front garden and every single time you come and go from the house it's absolutely thriving with bees mm. everywhere and there's something that's just so good for the soul yeah, about it there is there? there is yeah we, we have a we have a passion flower um like all up our trellis in our garden it's like a screen behind my vegetable bed Aww. and um a little bee was on there the other day and in in amongst my rose plant as well and it's just lovely to watch them going and think yeah, yeah i put that there and you're like enjoying it yeah and this is really good for you and the planet and everything and yeah it's really that's, nice as i'm getting older that's actually a thing my neighbor's got i don't know what sort of bush it's she's got growing outside her front uh, garden the bees go mad for it yeah. Every time I walk past, there's at least 30 bees on wow. this plant. I mean, it's a bit close for comfort because it's right near the, pa- the pavement. <laughs> yeah. But every time I see a plant that I can see the bees are really enjoying, I, it makes my heart happy. Yeah, yeah. there is something like, oh, about it. Yeah. Someone's planted something that they like and they're here. And, you know, because mm. we all worry. I think we worry about them. And it's nice to know that in some circumstances, they are actually having a nice time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's not, it's not a bee, but... I do have a question because I keep seeing wasps on my lettuce mm. and my radish plants and they're just there all the time. And I mean, I'm kind of scared because I, I need to thin things out and I go to put my hand in and there's a wasp and I think, <gasps> but I don't know why there's so many wasps there. Would they be after caterpillars, do you think? It could be. I've seen wasps I, literally I carry this. huge caterpillars have away. You really? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? You might be onto something there because I had a really big infestation of caterpillars mm. 
then suddenly they all went and I thought have they just grown up and like moved on like where, where did they go I mean they're back <laughs> they've graduated now. yeah, yeah they, they're back now but there was a time when they, they'd all gone and yeah. I thought maybe they have been eaten by something so yeah. maybe they're, they're pretty brutal though like yeah. just see this like poor cats are being like <laughs> carried away by this I mean they must be pretty weighty as well when they get quite mm, big caterpillars yeah. but they it was being carried away by this wasp. Well, that's interesting yeah. to know because I did wonder this. And well, perhaps another pest it might have been on the hunt for. But, yeah. you know. I mean, honestly, I'm not normally a fan of wasps. But if they're doing that for me, yeah. you carry on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you carry on. They're working hard. Yeah. I mean, it always really cracks me up. Well, now that we're working on like the autumn issues of the mag and things that you hear about these like wasps that have like eaten some um an apple or something that's like fallen on the floor and it's become a bit fermented and they've essentially gotten drunk off of these fermented fruits <laughs> and then they're even more aggressive and like mm. a bit like drowsy and th- I mean I don't know why I've just I find mean, that quite funny <laughs> also I think uh, that's a very similar pattern to people having yeah. consumed these fermented <laughs> yeah, things yeah not, not wrong <laughs> yeah. get a bit drowsy and sometimes a bit aggressive <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was just after a, a free meal but you know you get drunk along the way as well so yeah Fair geez. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah well I think it's wonderful to celebrate the summer that we've had definitely however yeah. weird it's been yeah yes it's been a unique one but also mm. full of good things too yes but also quite welcoming some more rainfall now please yes <laughs> yes and also uh when the next season starts we will be literally in the next season yeah. so um yeah see what our autumn gardens hold mm. even if they look a bit old already <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parched <laughs> oh yeah. yeah well i think um sophie i believe you've got some jobs on the pot i have i have As crop growth begins to slow down, you can reduce the volume of water you give your tubs, baskets and containers. Don't apply any feed at all this late in the season. Reducing watering also helps to hasten the maturity of certain hot season crops. Tomatoes, chilies, sweet peppers and aubergines will all respond to this stress by ripening up. If your plum, apple or pear trees have produced a plentiful crop, prop up those heavily laden branches to stop them snapping. Prepare pumpkins and winter squashes for next month by laying the stalk end on a slate or paving slab to ensure even ripening. Have a productive week and until next time, happy growing. Thank you for listening to this series of The Dirt. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free so you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the word to your plot neighbours. Plus, we have an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for listeners of The Dirt. All you need to do is visit growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash GYO52, that's G-Y-O and the number 52, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote GYO52 to receive three issues for just £5. That's a saving of a whopping 76%. Every issue of Grow Your Own is packed with gardening advice, expert tips and tricks and jobs to tick off your list. And each magazine comes with a wonderful bonus gift such as selections of seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.
And on a final exciting note, remember to get in touch if you or any of your gardening friends have some great stories of successes and fails on the plot. You could be a guest on the next series.